Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I have a really great conversation with you today, and once again, this is one of those things where in the age of the internet and you're just messaging with a band chat that you're not really 100% sure who you're chatting with, etc., etc. I booked the guest for today's show and got ready to chat with uh, whoever it might be. Um, and then right before the show, um, I'm like, okay, uh, so who will I be chatting with? And uh, and it turns out it was Scott. Well, the other thing about that is um, never having put a face to the members of this band or anything like that, it's about halfway into the conversation that I realized that this is the same Scott from the Here's Collective in Keflin, Hamilton, just like legendary bands of today and yesterday, uh, whom I've actually met in person and played shows with before. So this is just one of those things where it's like, you're just reaching out in good faith, wanting to talk to someone from a cool band and winding up like sort of having these this ex- past experience with these people and this relationship to their music that you did not count on. And it was so nice, so much fun to chat with Scott. Like, what a pleasant person, and I can't thank you enough. Before we get started, I also like to mention once again that I have a Patreon, which, you know, sort of broadly covers all of the things I do, which includes this show, the label, um, my zines, stuff like that. Um, Basically, you know, signing up there, you can read through all of the zines on day one. You can hear exclusive sneak peeks. Uh, and, um, like, you can, you know, just help me cover the, uh, like, pod host fees and, and different things like that. Um, that's patreon.com slash human machine. And uh, now I'd like to play something for you. You're hearing My Blanket by Everything and Nothing, which is the solo project turned full band of Scott Monaghan. I absolutely cannot wait for more material from this band. This EP just crushed me when I heard it, and knowing all the people that are involved now, I just can't wait for more. Check it out at weareeverythingandnothing.bandcamp.com.
I have an older sister, and her and I really got along. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think back. I feel like when I was like four, I don't know. I was really into like He-Man, <laughs> uh, that old cartoon. Uh huh. And I remember like missing it one day for whatever for whatever reason. I think it was on like at four o'clock, and I was somewhere and I couldn't watch it. I remember being real upset about it. I don't know, that, that's a pretty that's a pretty old memory. Yeah. 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 The, you you brought your sister into this. Was there a was there a connective tissue with like you missing this episode and, and I I don't think I don't think she was part of necessarily the memory, but I'm I was I, was, I think I was just kind of like sifting through old memories and like her and I when we were little kids we played together a lot. Uh-huh. Um so I was I think I was thinking of some old memories that had to do with her and like I do do remember a Christmas where like I got her a bracelet and she got me a G.I. Joe action figure. Okay. <laughs> and, and and she got me uh Scarlet, I think was was like the character's name awesome and she was she was she was really excited because she was like she was like you'll have a girl and i can be the girl and we can play together i thought that was really i thought that was really cute and really sweet yeah so i i think i was kind of thinking of that memory and i couldn't remember kind of what went back further and i was trying to remember how old i was when that happened i was gonna say like as as somebody who had some of those figures when i was a kid i think there was only like two GI yeah. shows that were girls, you know, at the time at least. So like Yeah. 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 I remember there was like I can't remember one one of the girls' names. I remember there was like Scarlet and then there was there was like the the redhead one. Yeah and, and the and, blonde one. Oh well, uh, I was thinking of Jane, right? Was like there was like Scarlet and there was Jane, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I know that sounds right. I could be messing that up as well, but um, yeah, I think eventually also, there were probably more. But like, yeah, because I, I remember there was also the Baroness, and she was oh, she was yeah, one of, of the, course she was one of the Cobra ones. Yeah, the, the bad people. Yeah, <laughs> and I I remember in the the like the OG uh, GI Joe movie, the cartoon one, there was like another one called like it was like something Rat, hmm. and she was like, I remember I think she was like one of like the new recruits. That was like just specific to that movie, and she was in it. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. Like, I know, I know, I watched that stuff when I was a kid, and it's and so it's it's kind of funny because like I remember that with a lot of shows. Like uh, when my oldest was young, I remember being like, oh, this is like a great opportunity to watch these old shows again, like with my uh, my kid who's like at that right age to watch these now, right? And I was just like, these are not good. Like what, <laughs> you know? Like the, probably a lot of people have that when they watch like sp specifically like uh, cartoon television from around that time because like it was all, it just an advertisement for the toys, right? You know, yeah. but like, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's like, obviously there's, there's some nostalgia, but I, I do wonder from time to time, like when my kids are my age, like what, 
how is Adventure Time or whatever going to look to them? Because this is like, right. this is like an era where like cartoons have like, pe- it wasn't just like a bunch of people that they weren't just like a bunch of jobbers like writing these cartoons, you know? It's like, these are like people who went to writing schools and you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's such a different yeah. time for that. I wonder, like, is that going to hold up? Like, how it's going to hold up as opposed to, you know, I don't know, Silverhawks or whatever, like, yeah, you know, yeah. those shows from the 80s. But the, yeah. the, the original the original X-Men still holds up pretty well. Yeah, I feel like it does too. We, we watched it not that long ago. Um with uh my my kids and uh and yeah we got pretty pretty excited for the that uh that 97 show that they you know had have coming like next year or something later this year yeah i don't know but yeah it's i don't know with my kids though it's always like they're really hot on something for like three months and then it's like that meme where it's like friendship ended with blank, you know, like I could not get my kid, like my nine year old would not shut up about the X-Men for like three months. And I was like in heaven because I like I write comics and love comics. And and then it was uh, it was a a quick Spider-Man, you know, because the Spider-Man cartoons came right after that. And and then it's just like comics are stupid. (laughs) <laughs> you're like okay sweet <laughs> um I, I remember when i was a kid and and i was in kindergarten i had we did we did half day and i was in the afternoon and every morning i'd watch a movie and i would watch the same movie like every day for like a month and i remember i'd watch uh the three star wars movies it'd be like you know like the, the first one like a new hope i'd watch that one mm-hmm. for like a month and then empire strikes back for a month and then uh, Return of the Jedi for a month. But then after I went through those three, then I would watch uh, Muppets Take Manhattan for a month and then start the rotation over again. And I'm curious to know, like, how long that lasted. Because that, that just kind of kind of reminds you of, like, your kids, how you're saying, like, it'll last, like, three months and then it's just, like, moving on. Three months moving on. Maybe it's, like, if you have, like, a rotation, it'll... It stays a little bit longer or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's, just a, maybe that's just a weird kid. I don't know. No, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think, you know, there's some, there's something to be said for, for most people, I think, and, like, just these kinds of cycles, like, even as adults, right? Like, have you ever just, like, not that I don't like jazz, like, the rest of the year, but there's just, like, every once in a while I just get in this three-month, like, hyperfixation on it? Like as a yeah. thing, you know, like you ever, you ever been, you know, as an adult, you just, it's just like, that's one of those things like that is, yeah, a, yeah. is a holdout from like your childhood where you just did something like as like a sort of a, a comfort or a fixation, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like I'd, I I would do that. I do that with like the office. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's like I'll dive like real hard into that. And then I, I don't necessarily like finish the whole series, but then I'm just like, all right. I'm gonna watch something else. Yeah. Oh, a big one but for me is that game Rogue Galaxy. Like, it's uh, it, it's okay. It was like PlayStation Two, so the game's kind of old, but it's like um, it has like Will Wheaton is like the main voice actor, so it's kind of weird. It's like it's like a cult, you know, kind of like RPG. It's like not it never was the biggest game, but it's like got a 
real cult thing happening. So like, yeah. you, when you said you won't even finish it, that's that's one hundred percent me. Like I will just, <laughs> I will start it. I will get obsessed about like like there's like the side quest thing where it's like capture one hundred of every kind of monster in this area, right? And like I'll get obsessed about it, and I'll go like to varying lengths in the game and then I'll just like I'll just stop playing and like it's still like my probably my number two favorite game of all time but like it's just like yeah you'll just stop and you just like go do the same thing next year or whatever you know but, yeah yeah I don't know it was like I mean there's probably a, a you know there like I've had like legit like psychiatrists on the show and stuff and if they're listening right now they're probably like rolling their eyes like gosh this is because of this you know <laughs> but uh-huh. uh but yeah um like how, how what was like what kind of uh like presence did music have in in your childhood like were your parents um really like interested in music like either just like on a like a li- listener basis or did any of them like play or perform music yeah uh my dad's a, a drummer he also plays like bass and can kind of play guitar. Um, so I used to like fall asleep listening to him playing drums. He was a he was in like a just a wedding band. So like I'd always hear them practicing in the basement. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I got into music pretty young. I started playing guitar when I was twelve. And he like he had a guitar and he just kind of gave it to me and I, I still use that guitar to this day. That's awesome. <laughs> um, what is it? Yeah, uh, it's a it's a 1978 Ibanez ST100. Awesome. And it, it's it's my favorite guitar. Like I have like I have like a Les Paul and like other newer Ibanez guitars and I always go back to that ST100. But uh, yeah, he gave me that when I was when I was twelve. I think I took lessons for a little bit. Um, and then the first band I was in, I was like 13 or 14. And it was like a punk band. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then when I was like 16, I just like sat behind his drums and kind of played them. And so that was kind of like, I don't know, drums came relatively easily to me, at least like the basics. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was all that. And then I remember like when I was like six years old, he started getting me like cassettes for Christmas. And so like, that was another big, like music thing mm-hmm. that he kind of, uh, supported or I don't know, sparked my interest. Yeah. Going back to the yeah. wedding band was, uh, what kind of like material were they, were they learning? Were they learning like, um, pop like pop songs and or was it like like classic rock like what what was what was that first experience for you like hearing like live music what what was the range of stuff that they were playing yeah it was um first of all they were were, were called stillwater okay which if you've ever seen the movie almost famous that was the name of like jason lee's band oh right which i always thought was fun like when i first saw that movie i was like oh my dad was in that band, but um, it was like the, the like top forties, but like in the eighties. Okay. Um, so, so like Duran Duran and stuff. I'm trying to think, it was 
like Desperado, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like, um, and I think it, there was also like classics in there, like old time of rock and roll, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have this like I don't know why I remember this song so specifically, but like polkas, like roll out the barrel. Okay. Um, so I think it was kind of it was a pretty like wide array of different kind of stuff. I think they probably felt out the audience to see what would make the most sense. Yeah. 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 So it was a pretty wide array. I always liked the more like rock and rolly stuff. I think that always spoke to me the most. I remember as a kid listening to like, I had Michael Jackson's thriller and like beat it was my jam when I was like five years old. Mm -hmm. And that was always like, like the the quote like heavier stuff yeah it's weird to like it's weird to have found out later that like and you know not to get into like any thing else to do with michael jackson but except for the way that he wrote his songs but it's wild to find out later that like a lot of those songs were written like how we might write a song now except with like a four track like he was he was just like laying down tracks like this is what the guitar should sound like and just doing it with like his mouth like uh-huh. essentially like you know beatboxing like the whole song into existence and then like yeah. and then like somebody would come along and you know like in the case of beat it somebody would figure out how to go how to turn into like actual guitar riffs you know which is like like have, like, have you ever done that in your voice memos? Like, I've done it a billion times. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Where you're just like, now it's going to go, you know, and then later yeah. on when you get home, you're like, oh, yeah, duh. That's just like some open ease with like some of this down here, you know? But yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, mm, uh, it's, it, it's wild. Like, it's, it's no, it, it's no, um, it's no surprise that, you know, people are, like, taking digital recording and stuff and just, like, becoming, like, savants with it, you know? Just, like, based mm-hmm. on the fact that people have been doing, like, a less tech version of it for, you know, 40 years or 50 years, you know, or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's awesome. Uh, now, you said you were already, like, playing in in punk bands by the time you were like 13 and and you know you were just talking about the uh like the getting the cassettes and stuff um Mm. a a lot of times a big part of i think like the music experience is uh for for you know people around our age at least is that uh those first like physical media experiences now like do you remember what tapes you got or like were you like a like you got the tape and of course you you know you pull out the whole insert and like you know like it's some kind of uh centerfold you know and you're reading through the lyrics kind of thing like yeah yeah i remember my, my first cassette that my dad got me was Def leopard hysteria okay with pour some sugar on me uh-huh um i remember getting, that was like the first one and then i think i got a couple more Def leopard ones because that would always be like my christmas present and then I remember getting like Motley Crue, Doctor Feelgood. Mm-hmm. So I feel like even when I was like real young, I still liked. 
I mean, it was like hair metal, but it was still kind of heavy. It's guitar music. And then for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 I, I remember, I think like one of the first tapes that I ever got was Dawkins Tooth and Nail. And like, okay. I don't know if you, but like that has this one song on there and it's like, uh, uh, I think it's called Alone Again. And, um, that was the first time that I ever heard, like, I mean, that's the first time I can remember, like, identifying that there was, like, a clean guitar in a heavy song, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, specifically yeah. being like, wait, that guitar doesn't sound like the other guitars, you know? And, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I've just been thinking a lot, like, lately, specifically about, like, experiences like that and, like, hearing early early suicidal tendencies and being like, whoa, this guy's singing about his feelings a lot. And being like, oh, yeah. it's no surprise that I love like emo music, you know? <laughs> like some of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so like, you you know, you were getting those tapes and um, like that just like made you want to play guitar like more? Like was that just, it was all just like feeding your desire to be in a band and like, get better at what you're doing it definitely it definitely made me want to play guitar and i, I feel like well I, I remember when i first first started playing guitar and i had that like my dad had a little combo amp and i remember like i didn't i remember liking distortion but like not even knowing the word for distortion mm-hmm. so i thought that was kind of interesting <clears throat> and i remember i just remember not even knowing the words just being like i don't know like more like like rock like rock and rolly and so you'd kind of make it sound like rock and roll but that's not what i wanted i wanted like distortion our time is burdened on the cumulative weight of successive debunking of our community we live in the cosmic boondocks we emerged from microbes and muck apes are our cousins our thoughts and feelings are not fully under our own control. There may be much smarter and very different beings elsewhere. And on top of all this, we're making a mess of our planet and becoming a danger to ourselves. The trapdoor beneath our feet swings open. So we're just getting to the part where it's like, you know, you're kind of, you're making music like more of your own thing. And, you know, that, yeah, yeah. that relates to, you know, what you were saying about, like, distortion. And one of my earliest things with distortion is, like, so I I had gotten my guitar from um, someone that I worked with. It, it wasn't until I was, you know, a bit older and I had, like, my own job and this guy just came over. And, um, and I – so I had gotten a, like – this like Roland combo amp and a, uh, a BC rich warlock and, uh, and, uh, one of the boss like standard, you know, um, distortion pedals. And, um, the Roland had like a distortion built into it, but it wasn't like set on that. It was, it was set on clean. And so the uh, guy showed me how to hook up the pedal and stuff. And, um, mm-hmm. I just remember I was like, I didn't know any, like, I didn't know, like, if I turn these dials, like, I'm going to, like, ruin it, right? <laughs> like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you don't yeah. know anything about this, you're like, and, 
like how you were sort of being like, I didn't know how to explain what I what I wanted. I also was like, this doesn't sound right. This doesn't sound like descendants or whatever I want it, you know, or suicidal tendencies. It doesn't sound like what I want it to sound like. But I also thought yeah. like I was gonna like ruin something if I messed with it. It wasn't until way later that I was like, I actually ended up just like figuring out how to turn on the distorted channel on the amp. You know, it's just a button, but it's like I didn't I didn't know. I just got this thing and I I was way happier with that for whatever reason, you know. But um yeah, it's just it's just like there's there's um so much like about like learning something now that like it's like it's got to be amazing to just get a guitar now and be able to go on YouTube and you know, yeah. like have all this stuff explained to you. But like yeah, like um once you kind of like did start figuring that out like uh like what were your experiences that were similar to that like you know like nobody knows what tone is you know nobody knows like this like um how did you like navigate those uh those like learning curves yeah i think because like when i started playing when i was 12 and i was like 1992 and so that was like nirvana and so like that was like a huge thing for me and so i remember like the first song i learned on guitar was like smells like teen spirit and it was just um like i i think i just had like it, i don't think it was a metal zone but it was it was like before like the hm2 like whatever the hm like i guess it's just the heavy metal pedal mm -hmm. I, I think that's what i had and you just like I don't, I don't even, I don't even know like how I, I think I was just like, Oh, I got to make it sound like Nirvana. So it was like, there was clean and then you stepped on the pedal and it was always like quieter. <laughs> so it was like, it, it'd be like kind of loud. And then you step on it and just, you, cause of course you just have to gain all the way up. Cause you're just like, Oh, distortion gain all the way up. Yeah. And then, and then I don't know, I probably just like fiddled with the knobs until I thought it sounded like the same as Nirvana. And and then like I was also starting to get into like Metallica and like the Black Album and I think the second song I learned was like uh, uh, Enter Sandman. So it was like you had that like clean intro, and then I think that's where I kind of started to learn how to like palm mute and stuff like that. So I really think it was just a matter of me just like farting around, just being like uh, I want it to sound more like that, or I want it to sound more like that. So I think I was just kind of trying to like imitate the stuff that I was listening to. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't really have anyone to, to like be like, to explain that stuff to me. Yeah. Kind of like what you were saying, how everyone can just like go onto YouTube and just look up like best metal tone. And there'll be like a tutorial on how to like set up your amp where when we were kids, it was just like, I don't know. I'm just going to turn knobs till I think it sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I swear, like, I didn't even know, like, I didn't even know what in in the in like when you look at it and you're like and it, it it's it says gain it might say presence it might say high it might say low it might say mid and I'm like I have no idea what any of that means you know <laughs> like yeah, yeah. even even it just like I mean I think that anymore I've like you you might get a pedal and it'll have like a couple of presets like it'll come with like a diagram of a couple presets. Like even that would have been a godsend back then, right? You know, you'd have been like, yeah. oh, this is how 
this is like what the hives sound like or what, you know, like I, not that that's, you know, a 92 band, but like, I'm just thinking <laughs> in, in context of like some of these K line pedals or whatever that I've ordered where it's like, this is supposed to get like these couple of specific tones. And it's like, Oh, if you want this like this, then set it like that, that would have been like mind blowing. And then like, um, but it was just like, I don't know, like, you might you might know like one kid like eventually that that like you know was like oh you want to if you play a lot of leads you want to boost your high high end you mm-hmm. know and then you're like okay well I don't do that so I guess turn that one all the way down like wrong answer but you know <laughs> <laughs> like yeah until you start just fooling around and you know um, but yeah I don't know it's like it can be like that thing where you're like how am I going to get it back to where it's at now if I start messing with it now? But I don't know. Yeah. Now, like, yeah. that's all you do is mess with stuff, you know? But uh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I remember my first half stack, and I had I got, like, a, a Washburn head. It was, like, 100-watt solid state. And I I just turned everything all the way up. And that's – just and, like, that was, like, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, I – and and like like thinking back, I was like, I bet you that sounded awful. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee you that's like the exact same thing that I had done. Like I got a like I I got a really cool head off of a band that like you know it was like sort of like when I was in high school I played in, in this band and we were like thirty minutes away from this other town where this band played and this band sort of were like our mentors, you know, or whatever. And one of them was like mm-hmm. selling this like Marshall at some point. And he's just like, Oh, like you can pay me this much, like three times. And I was like, I was, I didn't even know what a Marshall was. I was just like, we're going to sound like that now. Like, cause their band was so <laughs> cool. Right. And, um, yeah. I remember just like getting that and just like, don't touch the dials. Like, cause they're exactly the way that they were when you know mm-hmm. and uh if you know whenever something happened it was like th- that instance where you're like well i guess it was just like up higher huh and just like not knowing and i don't know probably like um played with them at some other point and the guitar player was like what are you doing like that thing can sound <laughs> great like why but you know them just being too cool to say anything like too nice you know um, yeah, yeah. Do you remember what? Do you remember what head it was? It was the. It was like a eight hundred. It was JCM eight hundred. Really? Like yeah. a, one of like the like the eighties ones? Yeah, it was like it was it was like a really good one. I I don't remember what it was that he like. Um, I don't have it anymore. It was stolen. So like, oh, that sucks. And, and it was a it was a long time ago. So like, I don't. Um, I couldn't tell you like any more specific than. But I bought it. I bought it in like 1994, and um, uh-huh. and it was like, you know, it was a. It wasn't new by any standards at that point. So like, yeah. to have had that then, it had to been like, you know, from one of like that's a. No matter exactly where that was in the timeline, like that was a really sought after amp at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, it was, it was stolen. Like we had, 
we had this warehouse and it was like, you know, someone, some, this, these people that we actually knew, like they, they had a band and they were just like, we were all like living in this small town and they had a band and they were like, we're going to go make it big out on the West coast. Like, this is like, this was like their idea. This isn't something they said to like people beforehand, you know, but like, um, so they were like, yeah, we need gear. And they went to our warehouse space and they hooked up, um, like some like chains to, to a truck and attached them to the door, to the metal door of this warehouse and just ripped it right off. And then just like took like all our shit, like, a bunch of like seventeen and eight year eighteen year old kids like just like took all our shit and did um, they did they make it? They did not make it. They never made another damn thing, as far as I know. Um, like no, like because I mean I knew I know it's it's real fucked up too because like people people that know these people like we know exactly who did it and like we. You know, at the time, like, if, you know, we're kids and our parents were involved. So the police were involved and, you know, serial numbers, all this stuff. And the police are like, well, that's like out of our jurisdiction and blah, blah, blah. And they took this stuff over and like, you know, we knew who exactly who did it. And like, so like, this is like years and years later and like Facebook is a thing. And like, you see people that like, know that we're like best friends with these people and stuff and they're and these people like try to add you on facebook and you're like your friends your asshole friends like you know like ripped me and my friends off like and i don't know it's it's like facebook is so wild for that it's like just yeah do, do you know what band they were trying to like make it with i mean so or did, did, did the you, la- would you rather not say? No, I don't give a shit. It's like uh, the last like name of the of the uh, of a band that they were like our band is called this, you know, was uh, good to the number to go, <laughs> which is like Dude. yeah, it's just like. Like, <laughs> were they, what, what kind of a band were they? It, that sounds that's you know, such a, like a cheesy name. They 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 liked fucking like you know the Meat Men and you know I mean like we like we were like a bunch of shitty like like we like we were like eighteen right and these guys like they were the they were like literally the like. Um, 27 year old guys that would have like 18 year old people over to their house and like buy them beer and et cetera, et cetera. You know what I'm saying? Like real small town loser shit. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, like, you know, it was like one of those things where like they were like 27. So yeah, their bands were like better than our bands at the time. Cause they were like, they had like 10 years playing in bands, et cetera, et cetera, you know? Um, but, um, like, yeah, it's 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 funny, like, you know, in hindsight, where you're like, I mean, it's not funny because you're like, at the same time, you're like, damn, at least y'all, y'all ripped off all our shit and you didn't even do like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't yeah. even make a band, you didn't even like do anything. You just like got out there and 
like what pawned all our shit like you know we worked like we washed dishes for like a year at our family you know our uncle's restaurant or whatever you know like yeah that's that was my case like i did work at my uncle's restaurant like all my actually like that band that those people ripped off like three out of four of us worked at my uncle's restaurant (laughs) and that's how we got our stuff you know like my uncle mike like you know shout out to uncle mike but uh yeah it's it's uh yeah i don't know but yeah it it sucks because like i had a at that in the same where i bought that um i bought that uh head i bought a jackson dinky and uh like i that got ripped off and like I played one of those not that long ago and I was like, God damn, like this guitar fucking rips. Like mm-hmm. I wish I wish it hadn't got you know what I mean? Like but um yeah, yeah like it it's like it, it's that's one of those things where it's just like if if nothing else ever happened in my entire life where I was like, fuck the police, like that was enough. You know, mm-hmm. of course, we've had yeah. plenty of other stuff, you know, since then. But like 1994 right. for me, it was just like, no, fuck all y'all. <laughs> like, yeah, but uh, that it's um, I don't know. I'm glad you I'm glad you still have your guitar. That's awesome. I'd like my by BC yeah. Rich and my dinky were stolen from that same that same thing. Yeah, that, that freaks me out. I'd be so upset. Yeah. Less sad about the BC Rich, although like. I mean, you know what I'm saying. It's like I just got a guitar. That was the best guitar ever for a while. You know, yeah. it was like I was just like, yeah. ah. Um, yeah, yeah. my my original my original like half stack with that washburn head, and then I had like an acoustic 412. That all disappeared too. I don't know what, what happened to it. It was like I was storing it at a, in a friend's house, and then when they moved out, it was just gone. Oh, I was just like, oh, yeah. I, I was I was bummed about that, but. Do you know yeah. much about those heads now? Were they like really like in hindsight? Were they like actually really good or? I I've never seen one before or after or that since? head. Yeah, I mean yeah I, yeah it, it was just like I know, I know nothing about like I know Washburn made guitars right and that was like I I I bought that head at a pawn shop for like I think I got the head and the cabinet for like two hundred and fifty dollars. Damn. Yeah, that's and, and it it was it worked it was fine. <laughs> that was the first yeah. I'd ever heard, you know, like a, a Washburn head, and it'd be a shame to find, especially to find out like, damn, those things are actually like really sick, you know, like, um, yeah, I have uh, I have like I have one of, I got one of those like Lab Series, and just like, I needed a head, and somebody was selling it really cheap, and like. I, st- I still have it, so this isn't like a a, so- a sad story this time, but it's like mm-hmm. every time like someone finds out I have one of those, they're like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you have one of those. They're so cool." And like I feel like the Washburn thing, like that that might be one of those cases where it's like, "Oh yeah, you like nobody knows about these. They're awesome." You know, I don't know, but um. Yeah, I should I should I should do some research. Yeah, just like I I mean like. Even if even if it's just like, you know, just to know what it was, you know, exactly. Because, like, sometimes it's just, it's wild, like, you know, you, you mentioned acoustic, but it's like, those things got, like, super hot, like, around 10 years ago. But, like, all, like, when 
when we were younger and stuff, like you couldn't like give those away. Why? Right. You know, they've always been like good heads, you know, they've always been like reliable equipment. Like why? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Gear is so fascinating like that. Just like what, what comes and goes, you know, like what was Mm -hmm. like one of the, one of the latest things that people were getting obsessed over. Was it those like grunge monkey pedals or whatever? What was like, did, did you I see have, any of that? I have, I have not heard of those pedals. Oh, I think that's the one that I think that's the one I'm thinking of where it's like it was a tube screamer clone. And like, OK, and um, and people like just like three months ago or something, some like famous gear YouTuber person like was like, yeah, check out these grunge monkey pedals like they're like a tube screamer um pedal except like there's this thing about them that makes them like like unique which is like you can't find it in any other like whatever and so this like the aftermarket went like berserk over this pedal for a while and it's like yeah yeah i don't know it's just wild like how that happens How many of us had like some of those pedals when we were younger and it, and you're just like, you're a kid, you don't know how to get it to do anything or et cetera, et cetera. And it's just like, wow, these are kind of shit. And then later it's like, no, they're not. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I feel like that's, it's almost like, like the original 5150s. I remember the band that I was in in high school, um, both guitarists had like the original 5150s and they got them for like 600 bucks like brand new damn <laughs> and, and yeah and now people like shit their pants about like the original ones with like this like the square whatever um and i was just like yeah both um, one of the dudes i'm still friends with he still has his original one 
and the other dude sold it. I was just like, oh, why'd you sell it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but I'm, I'm sure, like, like now, you could, the amp they bought, I don't know, 1997 for 600 bucks, they could probably get, like, twice that now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, I don't know, a lot of stuff is wild. Like, I, I don't know, I, I can't, like, <clears throat> I, w- I would love to just, like, like, I'd, ra- I'd rather not think about all the, like this and that that I've tried to, like to get close to what I actually want like I'd rather not think about all the like well this is kind of like what I want like whereas if I would have just bought the thing I wanted like 20 years ago then mm-hmm. I, would, I would still be stoked on it you know like and yeah. and just like like how much like cheaper I could have gotten it for then or you know what I'm saying like I don't know it's all yeah. it's all wild but um so was that about the time when you started like playing shows and stuff was high school or were you already like playing shows like before that? Yeah, it was, it was in high school. Like the first band that I was in, it was, it was middle school and we, we never, we just would like practice every once in a while. And I think we wrote some original songs, but it was like a lot of like, like green day and operation Ivy kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that band never played for people but then the, ne- the next band that i started uh freshman year of high school we actually played shows like we played like house shows we were like a hardcore ish it was like hardcore kind of screamo you know it was like 1995 so like it was kind of heavy sometimes but it was also very screamily but yeah, that was that was the first band that I played shows in, and that was like '95, and then started next band. It was like '96, and we played shows and like put out like the first band put out like a really bad cassette, like taped on like a boombox. Oh and yeah. Like our yeah, it was like it was really bad. Um, but we had those and we sold them in our high school and then the next band that had like we like went to a studio and that was like a big deal and put out like records and cassettes what band was that? it was a band called Hamilton oh shit <laughs> I didn't I did not know that yeah 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 so I, I played drums that was the first band I played drums in because I was that was a band where I just like sat behind my dad's drums and was like I think I can play these and it was like, oh yeah, this isn't too too hard. Yeah. So, and and that was like one of those. I feel like lots of people start playing drums for that reason. It's just kind of like, oh, me and my friend, we both play guitar. Mm. Uh, like we need someone to play drums. Well, my dad has drums. Okay, I'll I'll play drums. Yeah, and that's like, and that's, how, that's how I started playing drums. Is like is I was trying to start a band, and I and um, I was like, I'll just do. Like I'll do whatever, and and like, what I meant by whatever was like guitar or bass or vocals, but then mm-hmm. other people were like, well, I do this and I do this and I do this, and the only thing left was drums, and I was like, I've show I've I've like been in a situation where a drummer asked me to show what I meant before, and it like worked out all right, so I could probably mm-hmm. like figure out figure it out and yeah do you did you like were you uh were you a very like 
uh, tabletop percussion kind of like teenager as well? Like, did you, were you always like banging out rhythms? Like, cause I think that was my thing was like, you know, card dashboard drummer. Like, I think that was it uh-huh. actually. Was yeah. It- I remember cause there, cause there was like that, that first like punk band that, that like never played a show mm. and we had, we had a drummer and I, I remember always being like, Oh, let me try. And we're just kind of like, like tinker on for like three seconds before they're like, okay, get off my drums. Yeah. And then, so it was like, I, I guess I had like just a tiny bit of experience sitting behind a drum set before I was actually like, okay, I'm going to sit down and try to play drums. Yeah. Yeah. I've... Um, but, but, but like my dad played drums. So I was always like listening to drums and like watching him play drums. So I, I feel like that kind of made it so I, I could be like, Oh, the hi-hat's always doing this. And then like the bass drum does this and the snare drum does this. And it's like, I had to figure out independence, but like doing like a super basic beat just kind of made sense just from watching it and hearing it. Yeah. You like internalized it in to a degree. Uh, Yeah. 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 I, 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 I think, I think there's, there's way more to that than, than, you know, a lot of people like realize because like it's like my kids like every single like I have three and every single one of them has got behind a drum kit and like played a D beat with like pretty with like zero instruction just like yeah do dot do dot do dot do dot and like yeah you're like okay like one of my oldest one time was like this is the only beat like she got behind the drum set like just Stone Cold just got behind the drum set and was like, this is the only beat you ever play. And was like, dude, that, dude, that, dude. And I was like, stop, that is not, stop. <laughs> like, you got me too fucking good right there. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, like my first instance ever playing was like, I, like there was a drummer that was like, if you think you can do it, then just do it. And I, like, cause, cause I was like, no, like they were, I was trying to explain like, um, playing like on the one, you know, and, and I was like, I just was not getting, like, I wasn't, you know, we weren't understanding each other. And I was just like, you know, you know, like seaweed, like the seaweed beat. Cause I was like in all the seaweed songs. Right. Like that was like mm-hmm. one of my favorite, like drummers at that time and because nobody else did that did that in songs you know in punk bands like played on the one like that and um like he just wasn't getting it and i was and he got frustrated with me and he was like if you if you think you can do it just fucking get back here and do it and i was like um uh, all right and i so i kind of did and and it was funny after that because then he was like what else can you play and it was you know it was it was yeah. funny. It was a good story after after that that you know tension was broken or whatever. But it wasn't mm-hmm. till way later where it was like, oh yeah, I'll I'll play and same thing. It's like, and you become really valuable when you can play drums too. So that was cool. <laughs> Just like everybody always yeah. needs a drummer, right? Um, yep. But yeah. Um, so like, what was like? What was your experience like when you went to that studio where you where you're just like straight from like recording on one microphone with a boombox to like 
holy shit, we're in a real studio, like paying people money who know what they're doing. Like, was, was it like, I mean, you're obviously like stoked. It's like, you're like, oh shit. But like, what other, like, what was that experience like for you? It was, we, we were all like, so I remember being, it was like, everything gets set up. And then, I mean, we just did everything live except for vocals. And so, you know, like we did a track and then we went back into like the control room or whatever you want to call it. And it was just, we listened back. I remember all of us being super excited about that and that being so mind blowing. Cause it was just kind of like, this sounds like the stuff that we listen to, but it's like us. Mm-hmm. So I remember that blowing our minds and then. You know, if we recorded like 10 songs or something like that, I think I, 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 it was, it was, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it was like 10 songs and my drums like weren't terrible. I, I remember trying to be like, to get real fancy when we were recording and getting like, I kept messing up. And so I was just like, all right, I'm going to just like play these beats properly and then, I don't know, I think I was also just, like, nervous and excited. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, that kind of tied in. But, yeah, no, it was it was an awesome experience. Um, like I said, we did, like, 10 songs, and then we went back and did, like, another run of songs. Um, Charlie, who was in that band, was in Hamilton, like, recently just put out, like, a discography. So, like, all that stuff. I think he might have a band camp. But, yeah. Um, yeah. That I think that really excited us, and I don't want to say like solidified, but like really maybe it was just like such a good dopamine kick or whatever that that's what kind of got the the real addiction to playing music started. Yeah, do you feel like you do you feel like you always connected with that part of the process more than playing live, or was it like equal amounts? I think pretty equal, mm-hmm. I think. Because, like, back in the day, like, we would just go to the studio and record, and we didn't know anything about it. I mean, now now I do recording stuff. And so they're, they're both playing live and recording are very different now than they were back then. Mm-hmm. Um, recording was always cool, and we would, like, we'd get our copies and listen to it like on repeat for like months. Um, but we always love playing live too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, you know, that's not, that's like definitely not a question that I would ask, like just like the, you know, average like person that I would chat with or whatever, but like seen as like you, um, the release that y'all have up online was like, this is an instance where it seems like from the outside what you what you did was you had like some songs and you had sort of a vision for the songs and so you did it all yourself and then after that point you were like wow i really like we i should talk to some people so we can do this live is that yeah. like kind of what happened yeah that's exactly what happened yeah so i like i like I wrote those like six songs over like three years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like as like a little like side thing. And uh and then eventually like was like <laughs> have you ever heard of uh, a band called Frontier? 
Yeah, I, I can't. Like I, the <laughs> the name, definitely um, the unusualness of it, like sticks out. And I, what what did they sound like? Because I'm thinking of like, um, I I'm thinking of like a band that like sort of like. Are, were they like kind of like a like a like a highness like what what were they they're, like? They're super, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're super like chaotic sounding. Like okay. I think when I first when I first found them, it it reminded me of if Mashuga, the Locust, and like Calculating Infinity, Dillinger Escape Plan, like had a baby. Okay, this isn't the band I was thinking of at all okay. but, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. yeah but i mean it, it wasn't necessarily it wasn't necessarily like there's their sound like i like them as a band but i remember like i saw like a documentary about them and like the way that their band started was like one dude just wrote a bunch of songs and and basically did what i ended up doing because i was just like oh shit like like that can happen <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah like i can write a bunch of songs and then like make them happen happen in real life and and this is like a perfect example of it so i remember watching that and being really inspired by it and was like all right i'm gonna like take these songs that i have like a bunch of demos of and just like record it all put it out into the world and then ask people to play and that's kind of what happened mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome i think like the <clears throat> The first instance that I have of like, of knowing that somebody did something like that was like, um, that band Armor for Sleep from like, you know, they're like the, 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 uh, Revelation Records, like emo, like stuff. And just being like, as soon as like, I found out like about like Dawes and stuff being like, okay, that's what I'm doing. Like. That's what I'm doing from now on, because mm-hmm. where I live, there was never a drummer. There was never, you know, like um, since since I was in bands in the late '90s, everyone that I knew then, like that I played in bands with, they only lived here because they were going to college. And then mm-hmm. once college was over, it was like I knew no no one that played instruments, and it was like. I, you know, it was like, I'm trying to convince people from our way away to like, you know, be in a band. And, you know, that was like, that was difficult. So then like, yeah, like, you know, 2008 or whatever, and somebody brings a computer over and Mm -hmm. is like, I'll show you how to like record guitars to these drums that I like, you know, we were like working on an album and I'll show you how to record your own guitars and then I'll come back and scoop this stuff up and mix it. And like, from there, I'm like, I have to be able to do this like all the time. Like, this is amazing. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's like, um, it's, it's awesome. Like, I'm assuming that you knew like Steve, like for a while, like everyone knows Steve. Um, but how, how did you yeah. get like everybody else on board? I mean, was it as simple as just like check these songs out, like you know, and then everybody's just like, hell yeah, I'd like I'd like to do this, or was there a lot more trial and error than that? 
it was it was more difficult than that so like i i did post a thing on my like personal instagram just being like i did these songs i'd love to have people play them with me and i had like one person think about who wanted to do vocals which was cool but he's like in new york and so that was I was like, all right, well, we can make this work. And then he knew a drummer, and the drummer was like, yeah, I'm into it. And then he was kind of like backed out. And Steve was like, I'd be down to try. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's try that out. So like him and I jammed for a while, and that that was cool. And then we kept trying to figure out someone to play bass. And so there's someone who wanted to play bass, but then they had to like, they're like, oh, I'm really busy with like other bands. Maybe like next year, if things chill, chill out a little bit, I can like start playing with you guys and there's just kind of like okay and then there's like another person who I was like oh you should play bass and they're like yeah I'm into it totally and then they got really busy and then we never played with them and then I ended up um so Rosie who's from Florida was in a band called Night Witch and like we knew Rosie from Night Witch and like her and her partner John had just moved to Philly from Florida and I think I think she posted something to me and like, oh, is anyone, if anyone needs people to be in a band. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I think I have a project that I want to, 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 you know, have you be part of. And then that was just like on Instagram. And then I just like texted her one day. I was like, hey, do you want to like try, try to be in this band? Like for real? Like I mentioned something, but I don't know if you were taking it seriously or not. But she was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. So, um, at that time, we had like a bassist who was like, who said yes, but we still hadn't practiced with. And then, and then finally, it was just kind of like, I like ran into Rosie at a show and was like, "Do you know anyone who wants to play bass?" And she was like, "Oh, John." And I was like, "You want to play bass?" And so, like, that's kind of how we finally all got together. But it was a lot of it was, it was tough. Yeah, <laughs> especially a lot of like missed missed like, signals and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And like the dude from New York was really cool, but it was just kind of like Steve and I would get together for like an hour and a half Monday after work. So it was just kind of like, like I really liked the dude and I think we would have done really well together, but it's just kind of like, I wouldn't, I don't know. It'd be like, you know, four hours of traveling to like jam for like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I don't know. I think it's just, uh, it's a tough part about being like an adult. Like you have responsibilities and jobs and, all that stuff so i think that's why it was so hard to find people to like be able to like commit to a band yeah yeah Yeah, but we we got there yeah it's you know um like going back to the to to the uh the six songs that you've put online like so one thing that i'm i mean i i think it's like i don't know like i i was I was listening to it earlier and I was like, you know, I don't I think when I heard this, I remembered thinking something like this is like the heaviest thing that I've heard all year. Like it came out like a while ago, but like um like one thing when I was revisiting it was when I am like listening, I'm not really I'm not sitting there at the computer like looking at the screen, etc. So when I looked back, like I'm looking at the song titles, et cetera, like the songs are not 
super long. Like, I don't know why it feels like, like more, it feels like you crammed a lot into a few minutes. Like, was there a part of your songwriting that was like, were you cognizant of that? Like, did, did was that an, a goal of yours? Like, to feel like, I mean, there's, there's parts, like specifically in the last song, like there's a part where it feels like it builds for a really long time. And, and, and you're like, oh, this is getting there. This is getting there. And then when you look and it's like the song's like three minutes, like <clears throat> did, was there a part of like, was there a part of you that was like, was this, you know, the secret sauce? Like, you know, or is this all, all totally coincidence and, you know. I think it's, I, I think that's, that's kind of funny to me just because uh, most bands that I've, that I've been in for the past decade or more have been like, all of our songs have been like usually under two minutes. Every song is like, every song is like pretty short. Mm-hmm. Um, like I play, I play drums in the band called disappearances. All of our songs are like a minute. You know what I mean? And like I, I write like half of those songs and then I play guitar inside the band called the, the here's collective. And it's like, all those songs are like blasty and like short and our set is short. So everything was like short. So, so having a song that's four minutes long, like to me feels like super long. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, and, and so I, I feel like I'm, I was always used to like cramming a bunch of stuff into a short period of time. And so like, I, I think I had to, like, I had to like draw parts out. Cause I was like, I want these songs to be long and I want them to be like dramatic and I want there to be like buildups. And so, um, yeah, I was like, I'm going to play this part eight times instead of four, or I'm going to play it like, it'll be like, I think the song you're talking about, it's like a plays four times, uh, as like an intro and then eight times once everyone's in. And like, that's a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and, and that's especially a lot for me and, and like kind of like the way that I've usually written in the past. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I think kind of what you were noticing is like someone who usually writes really short songs, trying to write songs that are longer. Yeah. But it was, so it was kind of a conscious effort then where you're like, I'm going to let this breathe a little bit more. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause, cause like, I mean, I'm right there with you. Like I, like I'm working on something right now. That's it's 19 songs in like 14 minutes. So like, you know, so I, I, you know, part of it was like, is that just me? Is it just me reading it that way? That like, this this feels really epic, or like this feels really like well constructed to have like all this momentum, et cetera. But then when you look, it's only three minutes. Like, is that just my brain being like, three minutes is a long time? But like, at the same time, you know, I I do I have another album that I'm working on that's four songs and it's like 38 minutes so like I didn't think it was just me it's just like you know um yeah you're just like you're just like usually I do this but for this I'm gonna I'm gonna let it breathe a little bit more um yeah yeah yeah. it was definitely like making stuff giving stuff room to breathe but also I really wanted like things to be like I don't know I feel like a nerd for keep saying it but like i I like i want things to be like dramatic so it was like you kind of like draw things out and like have it build to build like drama 
and that, and that was like that was a very like conscious thing that I wanted to achieve yeah. with these songs. Yeah, for sure. Um, when like you went from the okay, these are some songs I wrote to now there's three other people that are participating in these songs with you. What like what was the like um was it just like okay take the songs as like a template and do whatever you want or is it like let's try to get it as close as possible and then stuff in the future will just like go way off and do whatever or like a little bit of both or i think we're we're, we're we've been talking about that lately um kind of how to proceed moving forward because the the songs that we've been playing have just been like, we're just going to recreate the stuff that I wrote and recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we had one song where I had like written it and kind of like demoed it, but I, I sent it to Steve and it was just, but without the drums, it was like, let's, let's see what you come up with. So, so then they ended up being almost exactly the same. So that like that was that was cool, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. like like we we basically kind of had like the same for the most part the same drum ideas to to go over it. Um, yeah. He added stuff. He added stuff that I didn't that I thought was really cool, and so I was like, yeah, that's awesome, that's cool. Um, and then Rosie and I have been starting to chat about like having her write lyrics and stuff like that. Um, and so I know I know that everyone was like I know that when we first started it was like we're just playing your songs but like i i I like to contribute and so i was like okay well let's figure out how this is gonna work so we're kind of like in the middle of that process of like how to move forward because i guess like when i initially started it was like a quote like solo project Mm -hmm. but i think it's kind of i feel like it's kind of like morphing into not a solo project Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but that that wasn't my like my original intention but that's kind of what it's turning into which is which is cool um, but yeah, we're, we're kind of navigating how to, how to do that. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's like, it's, you know, hearkening back to what you were saying about like showing Steve the song without the drums and them being so, so similar. I think it's, it's really interesting to like, to, to, to be in that situation where you, like, I wonder like if I do this, like how much of what you're doing is leading someone down a particular like rhythmic path, you know, or whatever. Like because it just like anything else, there there are a million things that somebody could have done there, you know? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. one is gonna feel the most appropriate to most of the people, right? But like mm-hmm. what might you have gotten back? You know, but then like sometimes you sometimes there's there's that thing there and and so you have a part that goes like dun pause, dun pause. You ninety five percent of the time somebody's gonna do the same thing, right? Like mm-hmm. so it's interesting to think about like what are you doing that's leading, like like leading someone some somewhere or mm-hmm. like what you know, what's going to become of it, like, later when, you know, like you said, you're in the middle of this, like, trying to figure out 
what uh where everything is going and stuff like i i i would love to see y'all play like those songs specifically um and see what that's like with um like these different you know people doing their mm-hmm. thing on that like um but then like yeah i don't know like between you and steve and 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 rosie which i i actually um I think that um, her band used to play like uh, with like our buddies and Jillian Carter all the time and stuff too. So that's how I know of that band. Like, I think it's like, it's wild. Like I'm just putting all this together, you know, based on this conversation, but I'm like, there's like a lot of talent in that room. And, and Mm -hmm. I don't even, I'm not, I'm not even sure who, you know, who John is that you mentioned, but like, yeah, yeah John, John and John played guitar in Night Witch. Oh, okay, okay. Well, there yeah, you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just like it's awesome to to uh, to think like you know about what y'all might be doing in in uh, six months or whatever. But um, yeah, um, you, I think y'all just did y'all just play like last night or something. Did yeah, y'all? we did. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought I like I when I just got on to you know instagram to like to link up with you i i was like i saw like a story or something i was like oh shit like just like a show last night work today you know chat tonight um but yeah busy busy uh especially with like i did not know that you also played in you know here's and uh stuff like that which is you know like we could have had another hour-long conversation about that but um <laughs> but uh yeah yeah um like what else do you like uh you know before we like take off or whatever i don't mean to be so abrupt but like i usually try to you know go about about an hour and like i've had a great time chatting with you a lot of it was kind of random but i enjoy that sometimes more than just asking like you know like what was that show like you know what i mean like i don't know yeah yeah so um like what else is coming up for you like just in your entire musical world that you want to like put out there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I play, I play drums in a band called disappearances mm-hmm. and disappearances has been around. It's been around for kind of a while now. We had like, I mean, there was the pandemic. So there was like a good chunk where we didn't play for almost two years or like a year and a half or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just finished recording some like, older songs and some cover songs so that's that's going to be out real soon and then we're working on like we've got a bunch of songs ready for our next full-length record um that'll be out sometime uh but we're, we're about to do like a couple couple shows um in like dc and where's the other show it's like richmond it's going to be like right around that area so we're doing a, a couple shows over next weekend um with that and then we're doing some shows in like delaware and just kind of like east coast stuff um hers is always busy doing stuff we're playing tomorrow night in philly um i can't tour as much as jenna wants to um so i can't like hers is like playing played last night and tonight but i couldn't play them because of work stuff um, and then we're, we're doing some more stuff that I can't do 
going up to New Friends Tour or New Friends Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. And then we'll be doing, in August, we'll be doing some support for Gel, and I'll be doing all that. So that's exciting. Uh, we just put out that record. So we're still kind of like touring on that and playing shows on all those songs. Um, and then Everything and Nothing, which is, we just played, like last night was our fourth show. So we're trying to just play more shows and write more songs and put something else out eventually. And that was my conversation with Scott Monaghan. Thanks again, Scott, for having a chat with me. It was such a nice time. Thanks to everyone that's listening as well. Once again, I'll mention patreon.com slash human machine. Until next time, take care and do good things.